0: Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Drive Through HR, the Internet's longest-running HR radio talk show. I am one of your hosts, Crystal Miller-Lay, and I am on with you on the drive-through for the first time just me. (laughs) I believe we have other hosts calling in, but I made it first today. So this should be a really interesting week in the rearview. And, you know, I think we're going to start with um, welcoming Michael, who just now was able to join us.
1: (laughs) Hello. Hi, Crystal. Yeah, I just tried a second ago and it said there was no show scheduled. So I had uh, some glitches earlier this week on a couple other episodes. I think we're having a few challenges with blog talk. But anyway, hi, how are you?
0: You know what? It has been a morning. I spent three and a half hours in a dentist chair getting um dental work done, so always what you want to do right before you get on a talk show.
1: <laughs> so no I, doubt.
0: It. I think uh, <laughs> other than that, my dentist is really happy. So <laughs> you know that's uh, good. But um how are you? Yeah. I'm
1: okay. I uh, it's been kind of a crazy week as every week is, I guess. But generally doing okay. It's uh we're into the muggy season in Florida, so it's been super hot this week and uh weekends here, so I'm gonna be at the pool if, if uh, the sun and rain just permit, depending on how the weekend goes. But yeah, so no big plans. Um no, no actual shows this week. As I said, I tried to do a show twice with a guest, and both times we had issues with connectivity. We couldn't. We were both on, but we couldn't hear each other. So I don't have any guests oh. to look or any any shows to look back on this week. I don't know if you guys did one on Tuesday or not.
0: I did actually. I talked to Michael Stein from Southeast Train. It was actually a really interesting conversation. We mm-hmm. we were planning on talking about getting people back to work like in the office, right? What does the returning mm-hmm. workforce look like? Because they're, they're making that shift where some people are going back to work and some are not. And so that was the idea. And it got into a really interesting conversation around um, equity and belonging. And how um, hmm. just the whole, the whole returning workforce that like there's a, there's a huge um, component in that that's a, a diversity and inclusion initiative. Right, so it, it fits that D-E-I, um DIEB um, mm-hmm. sect, sector of HR, and and it's a little, you know, maybe it's not something that people would expect for flesh flush. So it was a really interesting conversation. Um, but not one of the takeaways I think that came out of that is like, you know, when you're thinking about bringing people back to work, you do need to look at the demographics of your workforce and recognize that there is a um, a population. Uh, in every workforce, but, you know, if you have a, um, a minority workforce or a lower, lower paying uh, roles in your jobs, which Southeast Trans wasn't saying that they were lower paying, I'm saying that that's one of the, one of the groups that, that tend to be hit by this, by um, vaccine hesitancy. And so you do need to think through, like, what's causing that. Like, what's causing the hesitancy to come back to work? Could it be fear of getting a vaccine? Could it be inability to really get to a vaccine? Like, there's all of these different things, but you do need to look at and see what's driving it. And can part of that be um, be addressed by the company in different ways? And that might look like a staggered return to work or, if you don't need to return to work, a slower return to work um, so that people have time to get caught up to vaccinations and be able to feel more comfortable with returning to the workforce. But that was, I'm not doing that conversation justice. It was a really interesting show.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, that that's one thing I really like about podcasting um, is that it, that happens a lot, right? You think you're going to wind up talking about one particular thing and it, you know, sometimes it's just a straight up conversation about what you schedule, but so often our shows go into tangents that that turn out to be, to me at least, to me as as the you know the person conducting the interview, a lot more interesting or st- stuff that I hadn't thought about to even ask about that somehow we we stumble across and the conversations become much more interesting and vibrant for me anyway, and I, and I, I hope it's the same way sometimes for our listeners because. That's part, of, that's part of why I do this is to kind of find new things, you know, learn new things.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I know it's, it's been interesting for our guests, too, because they've talked about, like, what they expected. And, and, you know, we're based on the premise of what's keeping you up at night. And sometimes what's keeping you up at night isn't, you know, by the time we talk, isn't necessarily what's keeping you up at night when we schedule. And so that's something I think mm-hmm. with our listeners Good for them to understand. Like our, our show is based off the premise of what's keeping you up at night, and so that changes every day, you know, for for people. So, um, so anyway, it's it's been really interesting. We do have some interesting shows coming up before we get to kind of like what's up in the world of of HR and um, people. So I know next week we have um, Jason Sidon scheduled actually for a good part of the week. Um, so that should be a, an interesting show and do our series of shows where we're going to talk about grief, and and grief is such a, a large topic that there's there's different ways that it's relevant to HR, and um, and so on Tuesday, you know, I'm going to talk with uh, Jason to really set the stage for, you know, the topic itself. What is grief? How do we handle it? What does it look like? <laughs> Um, and then we're going to start getting into that in into a couple of different areas. So, um, you know, if you're if you're part of the drive-through family and you're listening to this, like it, after after over a decade, you really are kind of a family of listeners. So, um, if you've been listening to this show and going like, what's coming up? I mean, that's really that's it. So um, Tuesday we'll be looking at understanding the the operational def- definition of grief and loss, and then Wednesday we'll be moving into how to make it safe um, and and social media and how that impacts grief. And then what is the grieving person's responsibility and reality um, to grief? Uh, because you, you, you do kind of walk around wounded, right? I've used that phrase a few times over the last uh, couple of months, but, but I think it's true for a lot of us and it's certainly true for the grieving. You, you don't get to stop. Grief doesn't stop you. You still have to continue to move. So, What is their responsibility and reality look like to themselves and to the people around them at work?
1: Yeah. And of course the story, Jason's story is super sad. I'm not going to jump into it because that'll be conversation for next week. But that, that whole story was, I know it had to be devastating. I can't imagine going through what he dealt with a while back and, you know, it impacts every, every part of your life forever probably. So those should be some pretty compelling conversations. Um, I have uh, um, a guest scheduled and a, an off the off the HR path guest scheduled for July 1st, which I know is a, a while away yes, yeah, a couple of weeks away. But her name is Francine Hardaway, and she's somebody I've known mostly through the internet. I've met her a couple times in in person, and she's a uh, an equity venture capitalist who does startups in Silicon Valley. She's 80 years old. She got involved in tech when she was 65 and has been building a Built a uh, sort of a, a career as a as an equity investor and an, an angel investor through the dot com era, and then lost a bunch of money and so on. and has a has a ton of great stories. Should be a really interesting show. So I got her. I've got her tentatively scheduled for July first. So I'm really looking forward to having her having her on the show. I've been trying to find some like different kind of guests lately. I guess I've been uh there's enough h r in my life between my job and everything else that we cover in the in the world It's <laughs> show and stuff that i lately i've been wanting to talk to people that aren't necessarily direct h r stuff and uh in fact that uh, that i'm just gonna i'm gonna take a minute for a couple of self interested projects um I tried sure. to do an episode i tried to do an episode this week twice, and then both times like i said, we had glitches but i I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying out this new uh, sort of under the HR, drive through HR umbrella. I'm trying out this new show concept that I'm calling six degrees, and it's based on uh, the whole the story of six degrees of Kevin Bacon, which is if you're in Hollywood, <laughs> you, it, you know some, you know within six if you know six people, one of them has been in a movie with Kevin Bacon. that's kind of a, that's kind of the premise of the thing. So you, can't, you know you can't go further than six people away. From Kevin Bacon without having worked with him or someone else in a movie, and and while I well Kevin Bacon is not going to be a guest on the show or at least not so far as I know right now, uh, although that would be pretty cool uh, if I could ever if I could ever figure that out, but that seems unlikely. the the idea of the Six Degrees podcast is is kind of it's a it's a it's a way for me to play with some different topics, and so I've been working with a career coach. Um, more as a life coach than because of my careers at Publix, and I you know I left it and came back to it, and I'm not looking to change again. So I've been look, I've been I've been working on life coaching to kind of work on some things that have been bugging me, including one thing which has been creativity because I haven't been able to write much for like five years, and I miss it, but I can't seem to bring myself to do it. So I've been working with a woman named Carrie Bucci, and she's going to be the first guest uh, when whenever we finally manage to make this podcast work. And we're going to do a live coaching session, so she's going to coach me, kind of in in uh, meeting number six of our twelve twelve session stint that we're doing as coach and coachee. Uh, and, and then the idea is that once, so she's the the first of the six degrees. Uh, part of the part of the the stick of the show is whoever is the guest uh, does the show. They are also responsible for. So identifying, selecting, and setting up the next guest out of someone that they're connected to. So, like, I, I have nothing to do with it. So, Carrie is going to go and find me a guest, and 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 then that they will be the next guest on the show. And and I have no idea who it is or what they do, or what they want to talk about. So I'm going to, and then when I do the second guest, the second guest will will do the same thing with the third guest, and so on. And we'll do it, We'll do six shows overall. And the idea is to just see how how far out and how interesting the conversations can become, and actually how far away they may move from HR. So I'm really I'm really interested to just kind of play it out and see what happens. Uh, I don't know how much I don't know how useful it'll be. I don't know how much you know uh, practical information or listens I'll get, but I, just trying out the concept has me super excited, and um, may may uh, may lead to me writing some blog posts about the process and kind of doing this, so that's that's a fun thing that i'm playing with and then i'm also speaking next week at a live live event it's just a five minute uh disrupt hr type presentation that i'm doing but it'll be the second time this year that i've spoken at a live event and uh um i'm really i'm really excited to be to be able to step back into you know conference type environment just actually at a leadership meeting for a company over in daytona florida but it's going to be cool to be in front of live people speaking again because I've, I've missed that. So I'm excited about both those things this week.
0: Yeah. You know what? I think both of those things are worthy of excitement. Um, we're going to just increase that. And then I want to go back to your six degrees of HR bacon. <laughs> so um, <laughs> if you're <were> just now, <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. If you're just now tuning in, you're listening to drive through HR our week in the Rearview, where we are as hosts talking about, what we've talked about, what's going on in the world of HR, and what's coming up. And so we've spent a little more time forward thinking um, this show than we typically do since it's, it's normally like a rearview show, but thanks to technology, we really only had one show to rearview. So if you didn't uh, didn't get a chance to listen to Kathy Misseldine and I talk about the returning workforce and um, diversity, inclusion, booty, and belonging, uh, I would... Highly advise that you listen to that show. It was, it was a great show, and she's, she was a really great guest. Um, right now, we're talking about what's coming up in the in the future of drive through. Uh, again, next week we'll be talking with Jason Seiden and exploring the world of grief. If you don't know Jason Seiden, he's been on the HR scene for a while now. Um, he has a background in marketing. You may have read some of his books. Um, but he is also uh, the head of BrandStorm, B R N D S T R M. Um, so he's he can help your company with strategy, business experience, um, articulation, really looking at who you are as a company. And and that's a rather unique thing in an in MSB of of ever sameness, right? But he also knows grief. And and so for um, for our listeners, we'll let him tell his own story. I think that's important. But um, he has dealt with personal tragedy. He has dealt with, as so many serial entrepreneurs do, professional um, professional grief, like when things don't really quite go the way that you want them to, and then how he's turned that into better. And so we're going to explore the world of grief with him, and that is a really important topic, um, particularly when we're looking at a world where. We've got all of these walking wounded people who need help with wellness and well-being. so that that sort of leads into uh, one of the projects that you just talked about Michael in terms of exploring different topics and and the whole six degrees. So you know I'm excited to see what your um, what your series looks like. I think being able to pivot in our show is important. I mean being able to pivot in life is important and so Um, you know, I was hoping that uh, Dwayne would be able to join us in studio today. It doesn't look like he's able to, but we were talking about that um, earlier this week, actually, about how so many people in our space are kind of still evolving and that never really stops. Mm -hmm. And and we think we know what we're going to be when we grow up. Right. And then something comes along and it's like, well, it either gives us a reason to change. Like we have to change because something has come along an event has happened that requires it. Or we can look at, the body of work that we have developed and said, this is good, but I want more. I want a little different. And so it's, mm-hmm. I've been watching in our space, a lot of people make pivots, not just our show. So I think this is, it's an exciting time. It's so scary.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, well, and of course, you know, we've had this big moment, this big hairy moment of pandemic. It's been more than a moment actually, but, um, you know, where you kind of everybody looked each, themselves in the eyeball and, you know, how did how did I react? How did I hold up? How did it change? And, and we don't know all those answers yet. And, and people are trying to figure them out. You know, and I think that is a um, I get tired of talking about COVID, but I but like I I do think we're seeing that, you know, those dynamics play out wholesale through the workforce, you know, with people that, um, you know, we, we spent a lot of time over the last few weeks talking about, um, you know, essential employees, essential workers, people in the restaurant industry that aren't going back to work in the restaurant industry or whatever whatever the case may be, because people realize, wow, maybe there's some more important things. And I think the career moments, right, we all evolve. Um, We've also been around and together enough as a kind of a collective HR community in the online space that, you know, we're seeing people over like half their career now, right? We're 15 years into the, you know, into the the, the internet and, and kind of the HR community that grew up around social media or something like that, maybe not quite 15 years, but close to it. And, you know, so, of course, some of it is just natural that people are going to get promoted or whatever. But, but yeah, we've seen a lot of people, you know, uh, I mean, like Lori Rudeman has aspired to be a writer since I've known her, which goes back, I guess, to 2009. Now she's got a, you know, what appears to be a very successful book out finally. Took her probably a little, and this isn't a knock, I think it took it a little while, took her a little while longer than she anticipated, although she wrote all kinds of other stuff. But she's found this book called Bet on You. And I haven't read it yet. I've, I've got it on order, but I haven't read it yet. But everything I see and all the things she's doing look really cool. She's got tons of projects. She's, you know, running webinars with people. You know, and so, you know, I'm so happy for her that she, you know, that she finally got that published author book out that she had worked on so hard. And and it from what I could, what I've seen of it, sort of the pieces of it, it embodies everything she's done and making a, a big pivot for her over a long period of time. And, and I think we're seeing a lot of other, you know, Lars Schmidt comes to mind, Bill Borman, tons of other people that have kind of done it. But I think we're seeing it also in different ways, where people are maybe doing different work in inside companies, not just externally or as consultants. You know, so it's it's cool yeah. to watch. It's cool to be a part, part, cool to be a part of it.
0: I agree. I, I think it's um, it's been really interesting to see. I think the pandemic had. Some, I mean, obviously <laughs> some lows, right? But there have been some real highs for at least for me, and watching how people are using this experience to really look at what they want out of this next chapter out of their of their lives. And we're all fortunate um, to be in in various different stages of our lives. But I, I think for most of us, we're not in the, the early stages, you know, for most little Things. Um, we're, we're kind of in the middle of life and looking at, well, what do we want our next act to look like? And, it, and that's, I, I think, the one benefit that I've seen, uh, one major benefit that I've seen out of COVID is it's given people the time to breathe and really reflect on that, where well, maybe they would have been too busy to otherwise. So, you know, we'll just have to watch and see how everything goes. But speaking of work, um, I did want to talk about something that happened this week, which was Levi's announcement. Have you seen it?
1: Uh, Levi's. No, not that I know of.
0: Well, Levi's is the latest and greatest. Under Armour did it recently as well to come out and say, we have to pay more because Amazon does. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. yeah, they they made an announcement that they were having trouble getting talent, not alone in that. Um, but instead of saying it's because of unemployment, they said, like, yeah, it's actually probably because of Amazon because Amazon has been paying a minimum of $15 since 2018 and they have locations mm-hmm. around many of our corners, it's difficult to try to hire people at sub $15 rates.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And with as much as we've been talking about it lately, I
1: thought it
0: would be appropriate to bring up today because it's, it's yet another signal that the federal wage of the, you know, the federal, um, Minimum wage is seven twenty five an hour. It just doesn't cut it anymore. It just doesn't. So yep. I'm I'm interested in getting your thoughts on like is is we have to do more because Amazon does it. Really, our new floor.
1: Um. So, like, having not read the story, um, like I, I don't, you know, I, I I'll use what you said as my context. I work sure. in a city um In here in Florida, lakeland, Florida um which it, it, like many other cities has a, a, a number of amazon um, warehouses and other kinds of facilities in within the city limits and they 've grown up within the last i don 't know five or seven years i guess um one of the reasons that you know lakeland's about semi halfway between Tampa and orlando, and we have a, a quote unquote international airport here, although the airport doesn 't have any commercial you know, like you can't fly from Atlanta to Lakeland um, on a commercial flight. You can fly from Atlanta to Lakeland on Publix corporate jet, you know, that they buy on a timeshare basis or whatever and fly twice a week. But but Amazon is flying uh, planes in and out of here all day long. And, in fact, they're, they're pushing the cities um, to in- expand the airport. So the point I'm getting at is Amazon has a big presence. The reason it's so big here is because we're central – Florida, we're centrally located within Central Florida, along the I-4 corridor that runs from east to west from coast to coast. So for Amazon, we're a perfect distribution point uh, with an airport and all that kind of stuff. So it's also the headquarters of, of Publix, where I work, and we employ about a quarter million people around or, around the southeastern United States. But we have a huge presence here in Lakeland as well. When they moved in, we lost people, warehousing people, maintenance people, you know, other people. Um, and But we we didn't increase our wages because Amazon moved in. I mean, we increased our wages on an annual basis. We continued to do business, you know, kind of in a normalized way because um, we're already competitive in the marketplace. We're not always the leaders, but we're competitive. Um, Amazon was doing hiring bonuses and that kind of stuff, you know. So, yeah, did, we we took some losses. We definitely had to respond to, um, you know, had to respond to the competition, but we did that largely through culture and working conditions. We work our people hard in warehouses, but I don't think we work them as hard as Amazon. We also have an incentive pay rate for people in our warehouses that's untapped. So if they, if they're really motivated by earning money, they can make a ton of money, 30 plus dollars an hour or something like that. I, I mean, I, I don't know how you can go. I mean, there's a limit, a human limit, I guess, but, if, you know, if you want to if you want to really work, you can make a lot more than the $15 an hour here and ha- have been able to for years. So I don't think you need to do it because of Amazon. I do think the greater pressure that we've discussed many times before, that, you know, that driving towards $15, I mean, there's a huge political uh, campaign to do that, but there's also some real necessity in the uh, marketplace. The, the counterpoint that I would bring up to that, Chris, and then I'll take a breath, I promise, is that uh, for the first... First, for the first time in many years, we're seeing inflation, price inflation in the stores, you know, in, in, in the marketplace where, you know, prices are going up much faster than they have been for years, if not for a couple of decades. And some of that is driven by the stimulus money and some of that's driven by the wage increases and so on and so forth. And, you know, that that, that means that people get more money, but they have to spend more money to buy the same stuff, Right. So there's there's a there's other forces in play here beyond just Amazon, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And some of them we're still waiting for them to kind of play out through the through the system. We can keep talking about unemployment, three hundred dollars a week, or et cetera, but that's going to end here, you know, next month or whatever for everybody. And then we'll see kind of where where we're at. I think on a real baseline.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um... So I would say it did catch me off guard, like, reading that. And I tried to find the article so I could send it to you. It was like, really? And then, as with all things, I accidentally closed the browser on my, my phone and sure. find it again. <laughs> don't know where it came from. But, um, but it was really interesting to read. But my first thought was, like, okay, so that's the wage piece of it, but that's only looking at one dimension of employment. And it's an important dimension. Living wage is important. But, but it doesn't really talk about the working conditions once, once you're inside of it. So I don't know that it's an apples-to-apples apples comparison for Levi or, Levi or any company. You, know, you have to look at, but I think it does speak to if all you market on is price, all you market on is pay, then you, know, you don't really have much of a stake in the conversation. Like, we've got to do a better job of marketing our entire work experience because, you know, um, where Amazon has their wellness closet that I think has been kind of funnily rebranded on social uh, tongue-in-cheek as the, the what of the despair closet, uh, you know, where, where they have some right. like, some benefits
1: the they kind of need.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that they kind of need to have because of the conditions in their work environment. Um, you know, some other companies have a more relaxed work environment where that's not necessary. And so, you know, I think you have to look at the whole picture, but certainly, you know, making sure that you pay your people a living wage is a starting point. If you have that, then don't spend all of your time talking on living wage. Spend all of your time talking about what their work reality is going to look like since we spend more time there than anywhere else in our waking days. So that, that but was I guess that's kind
1: of my point. Is. Yeah, I think that's kind of my yeah. point about we won the culture, or whether we won or what I don't know. But we fought with culture, if you will, right? That you know we're overall, yeah. it, you know, it's, they're equally hard, work, e- equally hard places to work. But our culture is better. We believe Amazon would probably disagree, and. um, And also, you know, we had some other, we have some other unique stuff, uh, employee ownership where you have an ESOP and stuff like that. So, you know, it it doesn't work for everybody and not not every employer's work. Hey, we've got like two minutes left and I had one that I wanted to, and it's not really a discussion point as so much as it is is a a pet peeve. I saw a posting yesterday where somebody said that they had started asking a question in their interviews that, and it it prompted a lot of discussion on, on Facebook and I think it's an awful question. And the question was in an interview. What did you do to develop yourself in your career during during the pandemic? Um, yeah, that's such an like, unbalanced. <laughs> it's like, it implies that if you can't answer it, somehow you were a failure that you actually survived, right? Um, so, so like, I guess my my thought on that is, don't ask that question in interviews. It's awful. <laughs>
0: And it is. How, would he,
1: how would you feel if you were asked that question? Not you, Crystal, but gener- generic rhetorically. How oh, i you, you how I feel. That I'd be like, question. I sat on my
0: couch <laughs> eating bun <lunch>. Right. <laughs> I, that should be an acceptable answer. It's not what I did. But that should be an acceptable answer. If it was, that's perfectly okay. Whatever people need to do to get through it is is not really an employer's business, I don't think. I agree with you. No, yeah. It's a dumb question. I'm
1: with you. All right. Well, I think we're going to run out here in just a minute, right? We
0: are. So real quick, Monday on the drive-thru, Mark, Hutto, and Dwayne. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's the and Show. So make sure to join us.
1: Awesome. Talk to you sometime next week, Crystal. Thanks. Have a great weekend.
0: Perfect. Thanks Bye. so much. Have a great week, everyone. Bye now.